This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Snow today, high near 24, snow accumulation of around 3 inches. Mostly cloudy tonight, snow showers, low around 9 degrees. Mostly sunny Wednesday with a high near 20. Monday was another day of brutally cold temperatures and dangerous wind chills across much of the United States. Monday promised to deliver the coldest temperatures ever for Iowa's presidential nominating contest and hold up air travelers yet again. It also tested the medal of NFL fans in Buffalo for a playoff game that was delayed a day by wind-whipped snow. The National Weather Service said about 150 million Americans were under a wind chill warning or advisory for dangerous cold and wind as an Arctic air mass spilled south and eastward across the United States. Binghamton firefighters discovered the body of a man inside a burning two-family home. The blaze at 2 Pleasant Street on the city's north side was reported around 8.15 a.m. on Monday. The first firefighters on the scene forced entry through the front door of the boarded-up building. They found an active fire on the first floor extending to the second floor of the wood frame house. There had been a report that squatters had been inside the building, which was supposed to be vacant. Firefighters discovered the bodies, man's body in front of the area of the first floor about 35 minutes after they arrived. Authorities said one person who apparently had been staying in the building was evaluated for smoke inhalation but was not taken to a hospital. Binghamton Police Detective Captain Corey Miner on Monday afternoon said investigators had not yet been able to notify the dead man's relatives. The cause of the fire was under investigation, but Miner said there did not seem to be any criminal involvement in the incident. The cause of the fire was not immediately announced. Utilities to the house had been shut off. Property records indicate the owners of the house have a Florida address. Former President Donald Trump plans to attend the penalty phase of a New York civil defamation trial stemming from a columnist's claims that he sexually attacked her in a department store dressing room in the 1990s. A May trial found Trump sexually abused E. Jean Carroll, awarding her $5 million for sex abuse and defamation for 2022 remarks. Trump is expected to attend the new trial today where a jury will determine how much he owes her for denying the assault and mocking her while he was president in 2019. Trump leads all Republicans in the Republican presidential race. A contract is in place for rehabilitation work on Johnson City's Square Deal Arch. The Village commissioned an engineering study on the Main Street structure in 2015 after some of the stone of the arch started to crumble. The State Department of Transportation helped the village to stabilize the arch, which is at the Johnson City-Binghamton border. Mayor Martin Meany said a bid came in that was within the budget and that a contract has been awarded for the project. Lupini Construction of Utica will be paid $462,000 for the planned work. Meany said that amount was significantly less than bid that had previously been submitted for the project. The three globe lights atop the arch will once again be operational after the repairs are completed. 
Reporting of the structure's stonework is also planned, calling for the replacement of stones that are in disrepair. Construction of the Johnson City Arch began in April of 1919. Dedication ceremonies for the structure and a companion arch in Endicott were held in Labor Day of 1920. The arches were built on Endicott Johnson Shoe Company workers. Both were added to the National Register of Historic Places in 2001. Long Island prosecutors say they are planning a major announcement in Gilgo Beach serial killing suspect Rex Hewerman's case. Suffolk County District Attorney Ray Tierney is set to make the announcement after a court hearing in the case in Riverhead, New York today. Hewerman was charged in July with the killings of Melissa Barthelme, Megan Waterman and Amber Costello and has been the lead suspect in the death of a fourth victim. Hewerman has pleaded not guilty. The arrest of the 60-year-old architect came more than a decade after police searching for a missing woman found 10 sets of human remains hidden in the thick underbrush near Long Island's Gilgo Beach. Senator Bob Menendez and his wife are seeking separate trials on bribery charges they each face in a New York court. The New Jersey Democrat and his wife, Nadine, were each charged in the fall with aiding three New Jersey businessmen in returning for cash, gold bars, and a luxury car. The couple and the businessmen also face charges. They've all pleaded not guilty. Nadine Mendez's lawyers asked in papers filed late Monday for the severance on the grounds that the senator may want to testify and would possibly divulge marital communications that she plans to keep secret. A plane taxiing for departure clipped another aircraft at Chicago O'Hare International Airport on Sunday evening, according to the Federal Aviation Administration. No injuries were reported. Both planes were of Boeing design, and the FAA is investigating the incident. The left-wing tip of Flight 11 from All Nippon Airways, a Japanese airline, struck the rear of Delta Airlines Flight 2122 on Sunday around 6.30 p.m., Boeing is facing increasing scrutiny following mechanical failures and a subsequent grounding last week of its Boeing 737 MAX 9 model, a different model than the planes involved in Sunday's collision. It was not immediately clear what caused the incident on Sunday and whether it was related to a manufacturing flaw. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Joseph, this is Binghamton Now, Tuesday, January 16th, 2024. We're on the air. Welcome to my world. Glad to have you with us at News Radio WNBF. And on this snowy Tuesday morning, we encourage you to. 
participate by calling us the number 607-772-1290. It's just that simple. Again, 772-1290, area code 607, if you wish to be part of our broadcast. And as we come on the air this morning, roads around the region are slippery. Yeah, a lot of slip sliding going on around the area today. And some people will say, well, of course, Bob, it's mid-January. This is the weather the way we like it. So, at any rate, if you're going to be traveling at all this morning or into this afternoon, use caution, we could wind up with a few more inches of snow before the event wraps up. Let's take a phone call as we start things off. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from uh, an igloo in Binghamton. It's John. Thank you, John. Thank uh, you, Don. You got it. <laughs> Sorry. We're just having some fun here at the station. Well, try not to have so much fun, will you please? I can tell uh, you this. I know this isn't why you called, but I, I will say this about this radio station. What goes on off the air is far more entertaining than what goes on on I, the broadcast. Uh, well, I, I noticed from your pictures there that it seems to be a well-maintained uh, in a janitorial sense. I mean, most radio stations that I was in, you know, had uh, a week-old pizza on the turntable. So I, <laughs> I, I, This place is different. No, I, I know what you mean. The, uh, the first station I worked at, the Big E... East Main Street, Endicott. It was, wasn't as bad as some Binghamton stations, but it wasn't like this. This, this is fairly, fairly well-maintained. Well, that's what always impressed me back in the day of the show wagon and, and Bill Parker is how neat and orderly and professional uh, people were on the radio. You know, this before the shock jobs and all that. Right. Well, it was a totally different era. Remember, it was the people like Bill Parker and Bernard Fiati, who would show up to work, I think even on Saturday. Sometimes they were assigned to Saturday work back uh, before Lincoln freed the announcers. And um, they would even show up wearing ties and jackets. They were, even I, though I, even though there was no internet, so people rarely had a chance to see them, except, you know, for public appearances. But, but yeah, they had a high degree of professionalism that has essentially disappeared from broadcasting in 2024. I remember the jacket and tie requirement from WKLP. And uh, one day I was down there, I don't know, about 11 years older, and, and the, uh, the afternoon guy was a guy named Jerry Wilcox. And... <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? I don't think anybody could do this today. He had the entire Binghamton High School cheerleading squad there in this, you know, little room <laughs> with him, you know, doing cheers. So I, I don't know if that would be allowed today. Oh, I don't think it would be. I think there are laws yeah. and rules. But what I called about, Bob, is uh, I want to just talk to the Republicans. So if the Democrats would uh, just put their fingers in their ear for a second. Uh, what we need right now, locally, the Broom GOP, is we need these people, the legislators, the town council people, board members, all across the spectrum of our local office holders, uh, to declare unequivocally 
their support for Donald John Trump. Uh, and if they don't, uh, I think there's enough good people out there. Uh, one, I would think, Vic Furman. Uh, probably, by the way, let me just say one thing about Vic Furman. The most honest guy that has ever ran for public office in this area. But it's time for the for the party, GOP, Benji Fetterman, and all these people, Broome County, uh, to announce unequivocally. Uh, and in fact, uh, Claudia Tenney, which, who had a policy up to now that she wasn't going to get involved in primaries about three or four days ago, uh, she uh, urged everybody to support uh, Donald Trump. So, and this will tell you a lot about these people. See, if they don't, if they don't go on the record, then they're rhinos and uniparty. And we saw with the failure. Now, now the Democrats can open up. I'll tell you something about the Democrat Party. You know, I told the people that showed up at the redistricting hearing. I was the lead-off hitter there. That uh, Jason Garner was part of the uniparty. He campaigns with Fred Akshar and Paul Battisti, and that he was going to do them in. Now, see, these these people are are good people. And but they're naive, they're gullible. And I told them exactly what was going to happen. And Garner did veto because it's all about the people that are in office. That's how you remain in office around here. 10, 20, 35 years is is by these rigged districts. But it's time for the good people, the Trump supporters say, hey, guess what? Oh, oh you're 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 uh, I, I'm a, a resident of your district, and guess what? I'm going to primary you because you're a rhino. Uh, you don't support Donald Trump. I'm sick of it. We're sick of it in the area. This is Trump country. So be it. So let's let's hear from all these elected office holders. Certainly, certainly they have a, an opinion on that tremendous. Uh, ben, Benji Fetterman certainly must. Fred Akshar uh, certainly must have an opinion. Paul Battisti. I mean, what's what's the big agenda federal on the federal level this infiltration by george soros this restorative justice which seems to be so far two weeks into it paul battisti seems to be of the opinion that it's all social work uh, fred akshar is running a country club up there for the for the jail uh, he, he says we can't arrest our way out of it. Well, geez, why didn't he tell us that when he was uh, on the special investigative uh, team? Uh, so it seems that, uh, you know, these people are anti-Trump. And, uh, you know, I've had it, and I'm sure your other callers have had it, too. All right. Well, I appreciate your uh, starting things off, getting us rolling in a very intriguing way. If this doesn't generate calls, I don't know what will. I'm very familiar with the demographic makeup of the Binghamton Now audience. And this should compel almost everyone who's listening. Almost everyone. Everyone. To call now at 607-772-1290. I think what John said, there, there are a lot of layers in that. and applies to Republicans, Democrats. And if you think about it, it also applies to those not affiliated with a major party. So I believe this is an issue that applies to everybody over the age of eight. Again, 607-772-1290. Bob Joseph, Serving America, because I'm on your side. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We sell the ultimate driving machine at Galt BMW. News Radio 1290, 
the talk all the time from WNBF with Bob Joseph. 607-772-1290. John and Vestal, you're on the air. I have a question to ask about Dave basketball. They lost three straight in America East. Do you think they have a chance of at least making the top five this year if they get their act together? Absolutely. The girls played very, the girls played very good on Tuesday on the Saturday. Should have had that game, but duck didn't happen. Yeah. No, it's uh, absolutely. They, they definitely, I think they're going to get their act together. And I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Okay? I hope so. They got. They don't win Thursday night. They're going to be hurting pretty bad. Well, that's going to be a tough. That's tough task for them. Yeah, tough, going up against Vermont on I Thursday. Know. Well, I'm not saying they can't do it. It's that's uh, and look. That, that would cost. I I don't want to say it would be a miracle. We'll just say yeah. you're right. If if they do that, if they can knock off Vermont at the event yeah, they center, got a chance, then. they do. So let's hope for that. Uh, they need about they need about two guys on a team or three guys to get at least anywhere from fourteen to eighteen points. Three guys. Yeah. Well, tune in for that. Do you go I to? Do you go? Listen, see what see what how it goes on. But the girls played really good on Saturday. Yeah. They should have had that game, but. I don't know. They just, just luck just didn't happen in the yeah. last few minutes. Sometimes that's the way it is. That's the way the ball bounces. Yeah, I know. That's the way it is all the time. Yep. All right. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, tune in. Thursday night, WNBF complete coverage with Roger Neal, the man who gets the job done at home and on the road for the Bearcats. 923, Bob from Vestal. Good morning. Hey. Before my, uh, what I'm going to say, Basketball does not impress me at all. I can't stand that game. I don't know how people get into that so much, but that's another. Okay, when John was talking, I got to meet this John guy. I've always liked when he calls. Sometimes he goes a little overboard with the knocking our local people, but when he was talking about Trump, I could picture you gnashing your teeth, grabbing onto something so hard your knuckles were white. <laughs> when he was praising Donald Trump, you must, and you didn't say a word. I was shocked. Well, what's the, what's the say? And by the way, you don't like Trump. That's I love Trump. Yeah, I love Trump. There, no, I said it. Don't. I love Trump. Yeah, I can say anything. I can say, uh, you know, whatever. But nobody's gonna believe it if I say I love Biden. You think anybody that listens? To that me? much I know. You don't love Biden, oh, I but I can tell you unequivocally, I love Trump. I love what he's done for talk shows. I love what he's done for the media. No, that's he, bull. That's not bull. He's actually he has helped. No, I didn't say anything. Don't. I'm not. Don't don't you try to trap me into saying something media. bad about. About our former guy, what yeah, I see there, you go right there. He's a former guy. I don't. There's nothing wrong with that. So is Jimmy Carter. You don't oh, hear. Heard, you don't hear that. Jimmy Carter supporters. I'll tell you two, two I of America's God. top fifty presidents, and this is true. If Casey Kasem were alive today and doing the uh, American top fifty presidents, both Jimmy Carter and Casey Kasem would probably make it into the top fifty. Casey Kasem. Yeah, America top 50 presidents used to be on every weekend. So, uh, what do you take? I'll tell you what, what I thought was uh, shocking. I was shocked that AP called the um, 
called the uh, race in Iowa last night while people were still voting. I found that. Yeah, I, it, that. I mean, there you go again. That proves that the media, the media are on his side. You know, everybody says, like oh, the liberal media and everybody is out to get him. Exactly the opposite. AP, oh, just minutes. even go there. Just minutes after the voting started, AP declared it for Trump. And That's therefore, therefore, great oh, candidates like Nikki Haley and uh, Nikki uh, Ronnie oh, DeSantis. Newsmax waited till 9 o'clock. That is a real station. Not CNN or Emmett. Them people are so Fox. Obvious. The Fox. The Fox. They they also. They they Fox, trumpeted the AP because I agree. They're Fox liberal. Fox is now liberal. I can't help yes, it. They are. I can't. I don't even watch. You know why? Turn, you know what I happened? Can't. Because Rupert Murdoch turned Murdoch, over the, yeah, the the company over to one of his sons. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Jimmy liberal. Murdoch. And I wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy Murdoch is more liberal than Chuck Schumer. I'd love to sit down with a liberal and just look right across the table and say, how can your brain work like this? That's an how excellent... How you people go <laughs> for what's going on in this country? I love what's going on in this country. I drove by the gas station today, and oh boy, the gas prices again came down another two cents. Yeah, big deal. They're still way too oh, much. Oh, they're just right. I think the gas prices right now, at least in Vestal, I drove down the parkway today, and those gas prices, I'd say they're just right. <laughs> what are you, not you? No, I'm Bob Joseph, host of the program, and I insist, if you take inflation into account, the price of a gallon of gas on the parkway, I view that as one of the best buys today in America. By that, that you listen to CNN because they try to push that. Everybody knows their wallets aren't as heavy as every time I leave my house. If I don't have 20 bucks just to stop at a store and get a couple things, oh, I know. Hey, I'm with you, man. I used to be able to leave the house with a wallet full of tens. Now, if I leave the house, I better have a wallet full of 20s. Even then, it's not going to get me far. Yeah, but why do you vote for those people if you, they won't do anything to... I'm on Social Security. I got a whopping $29 a month. That comes to 348 for the whole year. And he's sending billions to other countries. Don't I matter? Don't everybody that's on a fixed income... Well, what about the billions of dollars for the new stadium in Buffalo? What I about that? I don't watch... I don't watch football. It's your money. How come you don't complain about Kathy Hochul sending billions of dollars to Buffalo for a stadium that's going to be used by a team owned by rich people who live in Florida? They don't even live in New York. I don't care about football, so that's not a... I but don't it's your money, Hochul. Bobby. It's your money. Yeah, but I don't listen to Kathy Hochul. I turn the channel if her ugly face comes. I don't like her. Wow. What's not to like? Come on. She's... An upstate governor, probably the last upstate governor in New York in our lifetime. 929 WNBF. Hi, WNBF Hotline. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Bob. It's, it's Ron from the snowy west side. Is it snowing uh, downtown? Oh, it's fantastic. It's like a winter wonderland. It's like one of them snow bubbos. Did you ever have oh. a snow bubble where you shake it? And, oh, it's... Sure. You see the snowscape. Sure. Hey, uh, Buffalo Bills yesterday uh, made uh, 
their uh, their people very very happy. Their fans who <laughs> had to shuffle out their own seats, but uh, they they uh, made people very happy. And I, I imagine in in upstate uh, New York, uh, if you're not a Giants fan, then you may be a Buffalo fan, maybe even a Buffalo Mafia person. So they they are no doubt very happy this morning. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking besides the happiness uh, abounding in upstate New York because of Buffalo, I just uh, had to see uh, what you know what you were talking about to uh, to Bob from Vessel, uh, Trump uh, winning in Iowa. You know, I'm wondering. I I always imagined, you know, people from Iowa, like people with deep roots, who could you know, lived, uh, lived closer to the land, Midwestern people were people with, uh, uh, who could, who could see through people, you could, who could spot a phony, you know, that's one of the things about the Midwest temperament that, you know, you get some Easterner come, a, come a through their place and, uh, you know, sell them 76 trombones. It's not going to, it's not going to happen, you know, uh, because they can size people up. So I wonder, as we're into 2024, happiness for the bills for now. But as we're as we're chugging down toward November, you know, it's going to get very dangerous for this country because apparently people, Republicans at least, can't see through this guy, and he can get out there and uh, say whatever and and. Uh, He's, he's their savior. You know, John alluded to um, uh, alluded to George Soros and uh, George Soros taking over our district attorney races, that kind of thing, I imagine, is what where he was going. Uh, and I'll say this, that John, Donald John Trump, if it if it benefited him himself. He'd make a deal with Soros. He'd make a deal with anyone. He made the deal with the Satan Club, the after-school Satan Club. Afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Now, now I've got the the people who run afternoon Satan clubs mad at me. No, no. I meant he would inquire with the uh, afternoon Satan clubs to see if they would uh, support him. And when they emphatically said. No, we're. I was going to say something to really make people mad, so I better not. So we'll just say, they would say, no, Mr. Former Guy, no, we will not support you. Period. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Don't but don't. I, I, I don't want to upset our more sensitive viewers. Right. Right. But uh, come on. Uh, does anybody out there? You know, uh, Bob alludes to Newsmax. You know. <laughs> One of the bastions of uh, uh, straightforward news, right? Um, uh, you know, does anybody out there pick up and, and read anything that's longer than, you know, a few sentences on the internet? Uh, Maggie Haberman's book on Trump, Confidence Man. Liz Cheney's book, Oath and Honor. These these are books full of details about Donald John Trump, and. The details uh, that you can you can look and and check out point one way. He is for himself. He's deluded people because he's an excellent confidence man, like none we've ever seen. 
And this is how we're rolling into 2024. And, um, you know, so, and let me clear up one thing. Before I get the call, uh, which calls me a rhino, because I was alluded to as a, a rhino last week, I'm not a rhino because I'm not a Republican. So I'm not a Republican name only. I'm not a Republican. So I'm not a rhino. Uh, I do read more than a sentence or two. And um, maybe this would be, you know, Bob, I'm going to suggest something, then I'm going to get off. Uh, I think a couple of years ago, you did the thing which was fun. People called and you asked them what their favorite pie was, right? What was their favorite pie? Do you recall that? No, that was probably Roger. Um, yeah, you might be right. I think you were talking, and because you called in yourself and said your favorite pie was Vegemite pie. I remember that. <laughs> My favorite pie is 3.14 blah, blah, blah. Is that 3.14 pie? Ah, 3.14. Yeah, I have a friend. He can do pie out to like 70, 70 uh, places, and it's like, means nothing. I mean, it, he probably, when he spew, when it, it comes spewing off his... His tongue, like pie out to a thousand digits. I'm guessing it's probably accurate, but I never, never check it out because most of us, if we say, oh, well, pie is 3.147843289100, it's like whatever. Just just give me Vegemite. Give me Vegemite or give me death. Let me give you, okay, one suggestion that might be fun. Okay, uh, sometime have people who call in, the, the question of the day is, what is the last book you've read? Okay, yeah. <laughs> no, we don't want to do that. I mean, we, we saw how well that worked when uh, Katie Couric asked it of uh, New York's, or not New York's, Alaska's delightful governor, Sarah Palin. What newspapers do you read? No, I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to embarrass people on the air by I'm asking what, what the last book they read was. It'd be like no, asking you- people. What newspaper do you read? Here we're in 2024. Who reads newspapers? Am I right, people? Except well, you and me. Not, Except you, you and me. You don't. You don't have to. You don't have to ask them what is the last book you've ever read. You just put that out there. Oh, and okay. And they can, can volunteer. Say, can say that. All right. All right. We will do that Uh, for the rest of this program today. Between now and noon, all callers are invited, actually encouraged, to disclose the last book they read. But you don't have to. I won't ask. But I think that's a good question. What was the last book you read? And I think I know the last book you read because I think, unless you've read another book in the last couple of days. What is the last book you read, Ron? Well, the last book I read was Oath and Honor by Liz Cheney. A runaway New York Times bestseller. That's correct. I am reading a couple of books now, but uh, they're fiction. Uh, But uh, the thing is, uh, there are people who will call. Like uh, when I mentioned Oath and Honor, someone called and said that I'm not a smart shopper because I read that book. Well, I say, read the book and tell me where she is wrong or right or in the middle, but read the book. Don't go to Newsmax or to Fox or to the Internet to get your little, your little one sentence on the news and then parrot it. I just turned on Newsmax. Listen to this. This is Newsmax Live at 937. Newsmax, the Chiron says, new book. 
Harris should not be president. This is part of Newsmax National Report. I'm watching it now. I don't even know what book it is, but they have found a book that apparently concludes Harris should not be president. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's probably one of the books some of our listeners will be reading. Okay, thanks for the suggestion. Again, Ron, put it out there. And if you wish, this is only voluntary. I won't ask you directly. What was the last book you read? Now, Newsmax is touting some book. I don't know what book it could be. Probably a book by Taylor Swift. A new book, Harris Should Not Be President. Actually, if it was Taylor Swift, her new book probably would say Kamala Harris should be president and Taylor Swift should be vice president. If the Democrats go with that ticket, any combination, either Kamala Harris as the presidential nominee and Taylor Swift for vice president or vice versa. You put Taylor Swift on top of the ticket, Taylor Swift for president, and Kamala Harris for vice president. Either way, it's a winning ticket. It's a winning ticket, even if the Republican nominee turns out to be the favorite, <laughs> my favorite governor from South Carolina, Nikki Haley. She could have a, a ticket um, who uh, the Republican ticket would be Nikki Haley and Lee Greenwood versus the Democratic ticket of Taylor Swift and Kamala Harris. I think we know who would win by more than 8 million votes. It's 939. Bob Joseph live on your Tuesday morning on WNBF. 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 America's Choice in 2024. DJ in Binghamton, you're on the air. Hey, good morning. I heard you mention our future president, Trailer Swift. And nobody can beat Trailer Swift and uh, her first man, Trevor Kelsey. So I am very excited to vote for her in the future. If she turns pro-life, pro-Israel, pro-family right now, she's kind of livish. I don't know. I think I think she's uh, middle of the road. Like her music. <laughs> you know her music what sounds wait road, right? wait until <laughs> wait until it's revealed all of her music from over the last 10 years. Everybody thought she was writing it. No, it's been written by an AI program. That's my guess. Remember what Rush said about middle of the road, you're going to get run over. Hey, how come nobody's mentioning our president today? Our president Joe Biden. There, I said it. The guy from Scranton getting the job done. Our president made history last night uh, making a... What? Did he make a speech? I didn't... Well, I did hear he did say something about the former guy not being a good choice, but I, I didn't think that was historic. I just thought he was expressing an opinion. Bob, he was so happy last night. Our president gave it good... He, he gave good remarks to, he called him Ron. He didn't call him Sanctimonious, and he called her, he didn't call her Bird Brain. He called her, uh, you know, by their names. He's an actor. So, he, it's uh, performance art. He's an actor. <sighs> I heard some of what he said. I heard, and at some point today, between now and noon, and this is not a threat, 
This is uh, pretty much a promise. Between now and noon, at some point, I'm going to play a clip of something he said last night. And I found it very, very disturbing. Well, at least he doesn't want to punch anybody in the face anymore. <laughs> how do you know? <laughs> Thanks for your call. How, how do you know? I, uh, I would like to think... I would like to think that uh, after a few years, he somehow is matured. That's what I would like to think, but I'm not so sure. I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. Vestal Bob, you're back. What's up? All right, Donald. I like to punch a lot of people in the face. Okay, I'm answering Ron here. He wrote a book by Liz Cheney. All those liberals called her father a war criminal. Now she's sucking up to him? Oh, well, you know, Liz Cheney, remember, this has nothing to do with Senator John, or not Senator John. Sorry, I'm getting, getting Liz Cheney and um, McCain's daughter confused. I'm sorry. I apologize. So Liz Cheney, I... Um, I do agree that her dad, um, for one thing, we know that her dad shot a guy. Yeah, but why is she sucking up to those people? That I don't know. I don't know. Maybe because in a world of wackiness, maybe there are a few things being said in her book that seem somewhat reasonable. Now, I doubt there's anything in her new book that mentions her dad shooting a friend uh, in the face while on a hunting trip, I'm sure... That is conveniently missing, but there may be other aspects of her New York Times best-selling book that actually resonate with the American people. Okay, let me talk. That, I think Ron was impugning that we're too stupid to read. I read like two books a week. I read about politicians. I read about music. I read uh, James Patterson. I read Dean Koontz, all that science fiction stuff. I did not like his tone. Like impugning that us people, duh, we're knuckle draggers that don't know how to read. I don't know, man. That's the way liberals look at Republicans, and I have had it. All right. Well, I don't, I don't subscribe to that view. I believe most conservatives are well-read and know exactly what the score is. That's my belief. It's 946 WNBF. In fact, I think most members of our audience actually are among the smartest people on the planet. Bob Joseph, just an opinion at WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. Real radio, the way Marconi wanted it to be. 950 WNBF with Bob Joseph. Dave and Whitney Point, you're on the air. But, you know, I'm not calling from Whitney Point this morning. I am on the road to Waverly, enjoying the weather. Um, your, your little challenge this morning, uh, the last book is The Killer Angels by Michael Chirac. Uh, historically accurate novel about Gettysburg. Oh, okay. Sound, sounds like sounds like a book I would like. I, I think you would, but if you have ever driven through Gettysburg, 
when you read this book, you know right where you're at. He's tremendously descriptive, and, and uh, it's a great way to learn about the battle. <clears throat> All right. Um, I will, uh, I'll try to track that book down, see if, uh, see if I have time to read it, because I'm sure I would uh, learn some fascinating things. Yeah, very entertaining, too. Um, slightly off topic, but not too much. I, I managed to get online and, and look at your article about the spot restaurant closing, and uh, it was spot on. Sorry about that. Um, it's nice. It's nice to see somebody doing informative local news. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I, I'm doing my best uh, to report some original stories. I try to shy away. As much as possible from news conferences and news releases. I mean, sometimes I'll do things that you'll see on other uh, news websites or, say, in the paper. But for the most part, I'm trying to leave those stories to everyone else because those things seem to be pop up on four or five other sites. And then I try uh, on a typical day to find a story that I think nobody else has covered. It sounds like you're trying to avoid the, the low-hanging fruit, go for the, be the better stuff up further up the tree. I'm trying. I'm trying. It takes more time, and sometimes you actually, as is the case with the spot restaurant, uh, to cover it right, you have to get out of the newsroom and uh, go and see for yourself, talk to people. You pop up. That's that's what I do. That's, that's what I did uh, on uh, Monday morning, sadly, with a, with a deadly fire. You know, you go to the scene, bitter cold, you ask questions, and you find out about, uh, unfortunately, it was a tragic fire. But, right. you know, I'm, I'm willing to go trudge through the snow, ice, mud, rain, whatever, to try to get the story. It almost sounds like you should work for the post office. It's, they don't do that anymore. Uh, yeah, well, you know, there are some similarities, some very uh, strong yeah. similarities. Appreciate your call. I hope you have a great day. I have a good day. You too. Yep. Thank drive, you. Drive carefully. Yep. 9.53 at WNBF. Vic, who is joining us today from Herkimer. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. I'd, I'd like to respond to Ron's statement about uh, Trump supporters uh, looking at him as, a, uh, as our God or Savior or whatever. We don't look at Trump as our God or our Savior. We look at Trump as a man who loves America like we love America, and, and that's why we back him. We, we don't think he's going to save us from anything except from the Democrats, uh, uh, and not all Democrats are bad, but from the Democrat rule of thumb or uh, their wayward ways in destroying America. Trump doesn't stand up there and say, we, we have to trade with China to make China great. He stands up there and say, we have to charge China to make America great. So, when people say that we think Trump is our savior, they can be far more far off than they are. And uh, I'm telling you, Bob, uh, as a Trump supporter, uh, I look at Trump as someone that speaks for America. He doesn't send all our money overseas uh, and, and neglect the people here at home. Uh, People say that he raises taxes for the poor and gives rich the tax breaks. That's all nonsense. Uh, 
I just can't believe that people would actually believe something that, you know. Well, all you have to do, I mean, the reason why a lot of people feel the way they do about the former guy is because he's on TV a lot. So they get to hear him in his own words and they get to see the way he behaves. And, and probably, oh. probably because of that, a lot of people, including some people who were originally predisposed to like the guy, probably came up with an opinion. I don't like that guy because he's not the type of guy that I, I want as a next door neighbor. He's not the type of guy I'd want my daughter to marry. I'm and a lot of people are thinking to themselves, gee, I'm glad he's not my dad. I mean, that, yeah, kind, that kind of behavior, that kind of behavior is frowned upon in polite society. And I think that's one of the reasons why tens of millions of Americans would never consider voting for him. Well, Bob, tens of millions of Americans uh, have a personal view, of, which is different from tens of other millions of America. But... You know, here, well, I can't say that because we do get on there and bash Biden. But uh, uh, we just have to remain vigilant in saving America, not not electing uh, uh, someone that's selling off to China who's under indictment, who's going to be under indictment for truth. Joe Biden's not under indictment, so I I would I would be I'd be surprised if Biden winds up being indicted before November, but could happen. Appreciate your call. It's all the time we have this hour. More calls coming up over the next two hours. It's live. It's local. And it's not Memorex. This is WNBF with Bob Joseph, Binghamton Now, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM streaming, WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Snow today, high near 24, snow accumulation of around 3 inches. Mostly cloudy tonight, snow showers, low around 9 degrees. Mostly sunny Wednesday with a high near 20. Monday was another day of brutally cold temperatures and dangerous wind chills across much of the United States. Monday promised to deliver the coldest temperatures ever for Iowa's presidential nominating contest and hold up air travelers yet again. It also tested the medal of NFL fans in Buffalo for a playoff game that was delayed a day by whip, wind whip snow. The National Weather Service said about 150 million Americans were under a wind chill warning or advisory for dangerous cold and wind as an Arctic air mass spilled south and eastward across the United States. Binghamton firefighters discovered the body of a man inside a burning two-family home. The blaze at 2 Pleasant Street on the city's north side was reported around 8.15 a.m. on Monday. The first firefighters on the scene forced entry through the front door of the boarded-up building. They found an active fire on the first floor, extending to the second floor of the wood frame house. There had been a report that squatters had been inside the building, which was supposed to be vacant. Firefighters discovered the bodies, man's body in front of the area of the first floor about 35 minutes after they arrived. Authorities said one person who apparently had been staying in the building was evaluated for smoke inhalation but was not taken to a hospital. 
Binghamton Police Detective Captain Corey Miner on Monday afternoon said investigators had not yet been able to notify the dead man's relatives. The cause of the fire was under investigation, but Miner said there did not seem to be any criminal involvement in the incident. The cause of the fire was not immediately announced. Utilities to the house had been shut off. Property records indicate the owners of the house have a Florida address. Former President Donald Trump plans to attend the penalty phase of a New York civil defamation trial stemming from a columnist's claims that he sexually attacked her in a department store dressing room in the 1990s. A May trial found Trump sexually abused E. Jean Carroll, awarding her $5 million for sex abuse and defamation for 2022 remarks. Trump is expected to attend the new trial today where a jury will determine how much he owes her for denying the assault and mocking her while he was president in 2019. Trump leads all Republicans in the Republican presidential race. A contract is in place for rehabilitation work on Johnson City's Square Deal Arch. The Village commissioned an engineering study on the Main Street structure in 2015 after some of the stone of the arch started to crumble. The State Department of Transportation helped the village to stabilize the arch, which is at the Johnson City-Binghamton border. Mayor Martin Meany said a bid came in that was within the budget and that a contract has been awarded for the project. Lupini Construction of Utica will be paid $462,000 for the planned work. Meany said that amount was significantly less than bid that had previously been submitted for the project. The three globe lights atop the arch will once again be operational after the repairs are completed. Reporting of the structure's stonework is also planned, calling for the replacement of stones that are in disrepair. Construction of the Johnson City Arch began in April of 1919. Dedication ceremonies for the structure and a companion arch in Endicott were held in Labor Day of 1920. The arches were built on Endicott Johnson Shoe Company workers. Both were added to the National Register of Historic Places in 2001. Long Island prosecutors say they are planning a major announcement in Gilgo Beach serial killing suspect Rex Huerman's case. Suffolk County District Attorney Ray Tierney is set to make the announcement after a court hearing in the case in Riverhead, New York today. Huerman was charged in July with the killings of Melissa Rathelme, Megan Waterman and Amber Costello and has been the lead suspect in the death of a fourth victim. Huerman has pleaded not guilty. The arrest of the 60-year-old architect came more than a decade after police searching for a missing woman found 10 sets of human remains hidden in the thick underbrush near Long Island's Gilgo Beach. Senator Bob Menendez and his wife are seeking separate trials on bribery charges they each face in a New York court. The New Jersey Democrat and his wife, Nadine, were each charged in the fall with aiding three New Jersey businessmen in returning for cash, gold bars, and a luxury car. The couple and the businessmen also faced charges. They've all pleaded not guilty. Nadine Mendez's lawyers asked in papers filed late Monday for the severance on the grounds that the senator may want to testify and would possibly divulge marital communications that she plans to keep secret. 
A plane taxiing for departure clipped another aircraft at Chicago O'Hare International Airport on Sunday evening, according to the Federal Aviation Administration. No injuries were reported. Both planes were of Boeing design, and the FAA is investigating the incident. The left-wing tip of Flight 11 from All Nippon Airways, a Japanese airline, struck the rear of Delta Airlines Flight 2122 on Sunday around 6.30 p.m. Boeing is facing increasing scrutiny following mechanical failures and a subsequent grounding last week of its Boeing 737 MAX 9 model, a different model than the planes involved in Sunday's collision. It was not immediately clear what caused the incident on Sunday and whether it was related to a manufacturing flaw. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now on a Tuesday morning. Coming up in a few minutes, more phone calls from our listeners, people just like you. So if you have some things you'd like to talk about today, be prepared. I'll let you know when it's time to call in and express yourself on our live local program on News Radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. Joining us now live from Syracuse is Kathleen Gaffney-Babb, the president and CEO of Helio Health. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Great. What's the weather in Syracuse this morning? Are you getting much snow? It's snowing. It isn't It isn't too bad, but it definitely is snowing, and it's very cold. Yeah. It's not Buffalo-type snow. It's more like Binghamton-type <laughs> snow. That's right. Yeah, I I don't mind Binghamton or Syracuse type snow when it's like this, but looking at what Buffalo got a couple of days ago, I I could do without that. I completely agree. <laughs> anyway, I uh, am glad you're able to join us to talk about uh, a new project in downtown Binghamton. This has been in the works for a few years, and now there actually is some activity going on as the project is uh, going to be getting underway. Tell us about the project that's being developed at 200 Court Street. Sure. Thank you for the opportunity to discuss these services. We're very excited about them. So at 200 Court Street, there's going to be 111 apartments, all affordable apartments for individuals that meet the uh, threshold of 60% of the local area median income. And of those apartments, there'll be 23 studios, 71 bedrooms, and 18 two-bedrooms for small families. In addition to that, 30 of those units will be funded by Empire State Supportive Housing, which will provide case management. And so both with Eagle Star Housing, who will have those units for veterans, and then Helio Health will have ESHI, those Empire State Supportive Housing Units, for individuals with substance use disorder. We will have 30 of, of uh, units as well. Tell us a little bit about the planning for this. As I mentioned, this is something that's been in the works for quite a while. It has. We, uh, we recognize that 
uh, Binghamton, especially because we already have services in Binghamton, is in need of additional housing. So it's always a challenge when and a barrier sometimes to find people safe and affordable housing. We were awarded through New York State the ESHI. It's a, it is a tentative grant for ESHI units based on the uh, location of a building. So you need a site to be able to move that grant into full operation. So we started this, gosh, it's probably been almost four years now, in looking for uh, opportunity in the Broome County region to be able to provide these needed services. And tell our listeners just briefly about what already exists at the site on Glenwood Road in the town of Dickinson. And actually, we'll talk a little bit more about the future of it. But for people not familiar with the facility that's been in operation already at the um, site just outside the city of Binghamton. Sure. We operate currently 50 beds of inpatient care for individuals with substance use disorder at that site. We started that, gosh, it's been probably since 2018 when we brought services into the region. And now we're in the process of building an additional 50 beds of residential care. When we started that project, it was initially meant to be a 100-bed project, but we've done it in phases. 50 bed of inpatient, which includes medically supervised withdrawal services, detox, Uh, because that was really an immediate need in the community based on the opiate epidemic and, uh, you know, opiate overdoses. And so we wanted to be able to serve the community need initially by providing those 50 beds of inpatient, and then we'll be putting online 50 beds of residential treatment in the same location. Speaking with Kathleen Gaffney-Babb, President and CEO of Helio Health in Syracuse, returning to the project at 200 Court Street. This is the complex that for many years was occupied by the sheltered workshop. It's an interesting piece of property. Actually, it's it's complicated because there was an original building and then some things were, were added over the years. It's, uh, to me, as I look at it from the outside, it's an intriguing site that's going to be used as, um, as, as the basis for the new apartment project. It is. I mean, it, it takes up, you know, a, a pretty large uh, block, city block. And uh, it was formerly, before it was vacant, it was a sheltered workshop. And then it was vacant for a long period of time. It has historical components of the building. So we have seen in the building, as we've looked at it, IBM clocks. Uh, There's also been um, parquet flooring and some other historical aspects. And so Helio Health has a long history of working with historical projects and also a respect of the integrity of that historical nature. So we will work in the preservation of those aspects as we move forward to construction and development. There will be a new, uh, the building's former loading dock will be torn down. There'll be a new three-story addition in its place. There'll be development of an interior courtyard for recreational space and outdoor space for the project. And as I mentioned, there'll also be the preservation of the historical components. And to that end, now work is underway and and some of the old stuff that isn't going to have any uh, use for the future project and I assume doesn't have any particular historical value. Uh, some of that stuff is already now finally being removed from the old buildings. That's correct. 
the um, the area is now fenced in, and construction as far as the removal, the the demolition and removal of things that aren't going to be needed or preserved is being taken away. And then the next step after that is being done will be the uh, asbestos and the assessment of the asbestos and certainly the abatement or containment of that before we move into the, the following phase. When do you expect actual construction to begin at the site? The preparatory work now, gutting and removing the stuff that was left over is, uh, is now underway. Then, you, as you mentioned, asbestos removal. At what point do you expect actual construction for the project to begin? So as we identify current activities or the mobilization of that construction equipment, completion of this uh, subcontract bid processing, securing the site, which is fencing and cameras, clearing of materials that aren't needed, that's expected to be completed in the next 10 days. That will be followed by asbestos mitigation, which is anticipated to be two to three months, then demolition, and then construction. And so if everything goes... According to the current plan, and there are no unforeseen delays, when could the project actually open up? Uh, we're hopeful that it will be 18 months from today, ideally. The certificate of occupancy we're hoping we'll, we will receive by June of 2025 and then the opening of the building. And will it all open at once or will it be opened in phases? We anticipate it will open at once. Once we get the certificate of occupancy, we will start looking for tenants um, that meet the affordable housing criteria and also uh, Eagle Star and Helio Health will work for tenants to be able to provide and fill those ESHI units that we talked about. So finding a property such as 200 Court Street, which hadn't been in use for at least a few years, that's only one component of managing to get a project like this from the drawing board to reality. Of course, one of the toughest things for any project is financing. So tell us about this. For a $44 million project, I understand there are a lot of components to the financing package. Absolutely. And we are extremely grateful that funding has been committed to this project by HCR, a home and community renewal, HHAP, which is the homeless housing program, low-income housing tax credits, historic tax credits, because the site is considered historic, um, as well as clean energy initiative, HVA bonds, HFA bonds, and then we have construction funding, a bridge loan through Citibank. So it, there, as you said, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of individuals and entities that are coming together to meet the needs of the housing uh, problems and gaps in Broome County. So ultimately, Obviously, construction means there are people working here in Binghamton. But once the project is completed, will Helio be doing much hiring associated with 200 Core Street? We will be hiring a service director and case management to be on site. So they will be on site as well as the uh, management entity that operates the affordable housing. They will have staff on site as well. But yes, Helio Health will, um, it, it, you know, it will probably be about a total of five individuals, the service director and the case managers. And those case managers will assist individuals with creating their person-centered service plan. It'll help them cement their ability to achieve housing independence and continued self-sufficiency. The case managers will work with individuals to obtain additional benefits that they may be eligible for and create and achieve vocational goals 
as well as develop financial literacy. The, the goal of the case managers to work with the individuals is to help them become and sustain uh, as much independence as possible. You mentioned about the uh, upcoming expansion in the town of Dickinson at the old Broom Developmental Center, adding 50 beds, and I would think that will mean more hiring at that site. Is that correct? That's correct. That's in it. That is 28 after 28 full-time equivalents that will be hired once those 50 beds are up and running to be able to work with individuals that are eligible and need residential treatment in that area. Residential treatment is a uh, oasis. The Office of Addiction Services and supports uh, regulated level of care. And so within that level of care, there'll be um, they have three different levels of care within that stabilization, rehabilitation, and reintegration. And Helio Health in those 50 beds will be operating the stabilization and the rehabilitation components. And so the staff that will be hiring will be um, some medical staff, uh, you know, some uh, operational support staff, but also there will be uh, counseling staff as well as residential case managers who will work with individuals to help them move towards self-sufficiency so that they can then achieve that out in the community following the residential treatment. Helio Health has a presence in several upstate communities already, Syracuse and Binghamton and others. Is there expansion in the works for what Helio Health has been doing? Over the years? So, yes. Uh, I think it's important to say that we expand not just to get bigger, that we expand to meet the community need. So we are opening an outpatient program in Rochester. So you had mentioned Syracuse and Binghamton. We're also in Utica and Rochester. And we're opening a outpatient and an opiate treatment program in Rochester to help meet the needs out there. We also are in the process of an affiliation to a merger with Fulton Friendship House, which is located in uh, Fulton County in Gloversville area. And uh, we're opening, we will be opening an outpatient and opiate treatment program in that region as well. Is there any likelihood, looking ahead to the next few years, of expanded services in the southern tier, perhaps outside Broome County, but in neighboring counties? If... Honestly, the way that we have grown is that the community reaches out to us. So how we came to be in Broome County in the first place is there was an RFP put out and we responded to that RFP and the state asked us to provide services in the region so that we did, as well as the county. Senator Akshar at the time and County Executive Jason Garner were really instrumental and supportive in bringing these needed services to the area. So the answer to your question is, is if there is a need and we believe that we can provide quality services that serve our mission and are consistent with our values, then we would be open to the possibility. Kathleen Gaffney-Babb, President and CEO of Helio Health in Syracuse. Thanks for being with us today on Binghamton Now. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to discuss this exciting project coming up. And we hope to speak with you perhaps in the next few months for uh, a status report on the uh, not just the downtown Binghamton project, but also the expansion that is in the works in the town of Dickinson. I look forward to that. Thank you. Stand 24. We're live and local.
This is Binghamton Now. I'm Bob Joseph. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. WNBF 607-772-1290. That's the number. Go ahead. Take a chance. Beverly from the town of Dickinson. You're on the air. Hi, Bob. But uh, the only disappointing thing about the game you just last night is that, uh, is that the people had to clean their own seats. No, I don't think that was fair. Well, I think it was okay because ultimately, didn't they, since they had to clean their own seats, then their ticket price was reimbursed, right? Well, well, Bob, you know. I can't imagine that they forced anybody uh, to go to the game well, and then. Pe- there was a lot of people cleaning their own seats. Right, which is okay I mean, if, if the bills said, well, uh, we know you paid hundreds of dollars for your ticket. And because that it's inconvenient, because you actually, I saw people, they had to dig through feet of snow just to get to their assigned seat. So I think, um, of course, in the interest of fairness and probably should be a legal requirement, since the seat wasn't available as uh, it was supposed to be, I would say that uh, they'll probably get their money reimbursed. Yeah, well. I mean, that would, don't you agree? That's the right thing to do. I I mean she made sure that that the dugout was cleared out and and where the and where where the people say that we're playing the game and stuff the radio announcers were all cleared out I mean everything should have been cleaned the right and everything but well you know who I blame you know whose fault it really is. <laughs> I'm afraid to say. Well, take a guess. I'll give you one guess. Probably the, the governor. Yes, Kathy Hochul and Donald Trump. Because if Kathy Hochul and Donald Trump had wanted that stadium cleaned out, if they wanted all those seats to be easily accessible to the fans at the game, between the two of them, between the two of them, they could have made it happen. And for whatever reason, they chose not to. Well, that was the sad. That was the saddest part. Is the people had to clean their own seats out. I, I really, in my, in my heart, mine. I don't think that was fair, Bob. It wasn't fair. It was deplorable. Hey, I got another question for you. I've heard people. I've heard people say that Binghamton's getting to be known as the beer town. Is that true? Absolutely. This is it, man. Yeah, well, you know, Bob, uh, if people want to drink, 
that's their cho- that's their choice, Bob. And you know, maybe they drink for pleasure, or maybe they maybe they drink for for other for other reasons. But well, they probably drink to forget. Well, well, Bob, you can drink, you can drink, you can drink all all a person wants. But but when you get done drinking and wake up the next day, it's the same thing. You remember. Oh yeah, nothing changes. But yeah, you could you could drink yourself silly, and you know what? At noon the next day, life is still just as fine as it was the noon the previous day. Nothing changes except probably have a headache. Well. Well, Bob, that's their choice, you know. But. Well, that's what I like about this country, uh, the freedom to choose, the freedom. So, and I don't condone it. I don't condone people self-medicating. I don't encourage people to use any drug, including caffeine. I don't encourage you to go out and drink coffee. I don't encourage you to eat candy bars with chocolate because they contain caffeine, which is, it's a drug. And I don't encourage anyone to... Um, go out and use drugs un- unless that's what you want to do. Yeah, well, I felt sorry for those people. I mean, that was that was kind of hurtful for me uh, to, to think that our governor would, would do that. Well, you know, she had it in her power. She knew what was going to happen at the stadium. She had it in her power to postpone the game till today, and then the entire stadium could have been shoveled out. But instead... In consultation with CBS TV, she decided to keep the game on for Monday afternoon. And in the end, I'll tell you why that happened. It's because money talks. The people at CBS in their comfortable, warm executive suites in Manhattan, they didn't care about the fans in Buffalo. They didn't give one wit about the people who had to shovel to get to their seats in the stadium. Those people, they were probably in Buffalo in the luxury suites. They didn't have to do any shoveling. I'm saying, Bob, but still, uh, anyone that bought a ticket, they should have their seats should have been should have been taken shoveled out, taken care of. Right, and the other thing is, and I know this is not guaranteed, but I have a sense they're going to go all the way. I think they're going to be in the Super Bowl next month. So when the Bills are in the Super Bowl, I say the team ought to see to it that everybody who actually showed up yesterday at the game and had to shovel out to get to their seats that they get two free tickets to the Super Bowl. Well, well, well. (laughs) I think that's the least they could do. You know, if the Bills want to show their fans that they truly care, a couple of free tickets for the Super Bowl game would be one way to show that they they care about the average fan. Right. You know, and that's, you know, I know at at first people would say, well, you know, that's that's a lot of money. And I'm thinking that's not that much money. When you consider how much money state taxpayers are going to dump into that new stadium, that's a lot of money. The amount of money, even if they gave everybody who showed up to Monday afternoon's game uh, in the snow... Even if they gave them four Super Bowl tickets, that doesn't even come close to the amount of money that we, the New York taxpayers, are going to dump down the drain for the new stadium. Yeah, well, I don't know what's wrong with the, with the old stadium. I always thought it was pretty, pretty stable. Well, 
I'm not saying it's the best stadium in the league, but I will say this, and if you're in, insistent, as Kathy Hochul apparently is, on building a new stadium for the Bills, then go back to the drawing board and get your architects and engineers uh, to come up with a plan that will put a retracting dome on the new stadium so fans don't have to put up with this in the future. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna build a new stadium and they've already decided that they want taxpayers to foot the bill for much of the new stadium cost, then you go back to the drawing board, you add a retractable roof or a dome to the new stadium, and that way we don't have to see a repeat of what happened Monday afternoon. That's true, Bob. I agree. See, I'm for the people. Kathy Hochul might tell you she's for the people, but I, Bob Joseph, truly am for the people. You believe that, don't you? Well, well, Bob, I, like I said, I felt sorry for those people. I know. You know, have to clean her own seat, so that wasn't fair. It was, it was deplorable. Appreciate your call. And as I often say at this time of year, go Bills. It's 1036 with Bob Joseph. We're taking phone calls on a Tuesday morning. What is your opinion? 607-772-1290. This is WNBF. Remember, you can stay connected with us using the free WNBF app. News Radio 1290, WNBF. WNBF 1039 with Bob Joseph. Rob in Port Crane, you're on the air. Hi there, Bob. This is just an update about that story you said you couldn't find about last week. New Zealand whistleblower there, Barry Young. He was the administrator of New Zealand's COVID vaccine database. There's an update today on worldtribune.com. And it, the, the update's called, or the, the story is called, Update, New Zealand whistleblower arrested after revealing shocking number of COVID vax deaths. So the, there's the one. I'm sure you can find that. And the other one was uh, that you, you questioned me on yesterday was the expose article. And that was... The expose.uk, it was 12-24-2023. All right. Well, I, I uh, have seen some other stories that have said a lot of the claims that have been made uh, about New Zealanders dying because of being vaccinated, that a lot of those claims are false. No, it's not false. Well, I'm just saying a lot of stories that you're seeing in the better-known media, your U.S. Todays and your APs and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, what what do you think that's about? Oh, it's it's what what it usually is. It's it's the it's them fighting back. But the other who who's other fighting article. back? Who who is fighting back? Well, I'm sure that Bill Gates, the World Health Organization, uh, the CDC, uh, that that guy that wears a dress in the HHS, and all his friends. I'm sure that they're all. They're all the ones that are funding this stuff. Hmm. But the, if, you, if I could please just tell you the article's uh, title from the expose.uk, it was called Degel, D-E-A-G-E-L, Degel's Depopulation Forecast Confirmed by Heavily Censored Pfizer Documents. All right. Well, at, at some point, at some point, I'm going to find those documents at a reputable source, and then I'm going to be able to make a, a more informed judgment because right now 
I'm very, very skeptical. Well, I was too, Bob. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm uh, inclined to uh, try to find out. I mean, it's, there are a lot of things I need to do today, so I'm not going to be able to do it today. But at some point, at some point, I'll probably be able to get to uh, some, some uh, actual and factual data and be able to uh, check it out and and hope for the best you know the big thing is and you know this here we are just months from the presidential election and some people would say they're about ready to roll out covid 25 it's going to be disease x they're called disease x whatever i don't know it a lot whether it's diseases or hamburgers, a lot depends on branding. So maybe it won't be COVID twenty five. Disease X though doesn't sound like it's going to be a winner. They gotta, they gotta work with more focus groups to come up with a, a name that's going to be more marketable. Well, last book I read, Bob, was Tommy Robinson's book, Why Muslims Kill for Islam. You should read that book too. All right. Well. I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to get to that book, but I appreciate your participating. And for those who are wondering, uh, earlier, Ron from Binghamton's West Side mentioned that it would be nice to hear from some of our listeners what the last book is that they read. So and I told Ron, well, that, that would be interesting, but I'm not going to ask people. But everybody voluntarily is... Uh, permitted to uh, reveal if they wish the last book they read 607-772-1290 this is bob joseph i want to alert you to something very important weekday mornings from six to nine wnbf has first news binghamton many of our listeners already are aware of this three hours of news and information with Don Morgan. But if you're one of the listeners not aware of First News Binghamton, I encourage you to check it out. First thing tomorrow morning, whenever you get up, sometime between 6 and 9, you turn on the radio, 92.1 FM or 1290 AM or stream WNBF.com and listen to First News Binghamton with Don Morgan. Make it a daily habit. WNBF is serving you with the news and information you need. Ten forty-seven WNBF broadcasting from a small, nondescript studio in the heart of the Parlor City. It's one guy against the world, and I love it. Let's check in with the uh, hotline. Hello, Karen Sweet O'Neill. Are you on the hotline? I am on the hotline. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Hey, this uh, live segment from the hotline is sponsored by KSO Insurance Solutions. Uh, tell us what our listeners can expect with your big segment tomorrow morning. Well, I think what we're going to do, and I say I think, because sometimes other um, opportunities arise, Bob, and if we need to talk about something that's in the news immediately, we do that, as you know. However, that being said, we are going to hopefully talk about how important it is for you to, you know, 
be protected no matter what your lifestyle, you know, life situation, all your different life events that occur because, let's face it, something changes on a daily basis for most people. And when things change, a lot of times our needs change, our finances are disrupted, and all of these things play a part in, you know, hopefully making sure that you have protected yourself, your family, your spouse, your friends, and yourself, of course, um, by utilizing different insurances as you go through life. So we're going to talk about some of those types of insurances, how you utilize them, and you know, make sure that people understand that, you know, sitting on the fence saying, oh, I'm going to do that or I was going to do that or I will maybe do that down the line doesn't always work. So it's always um, the younger you are, the healthier you are, the less amount of money that you need to put on the table for a premium for any type of insurance. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. We are at 1708 Vestal Parkway East. Up above Plato's Closet and Style Encore, we're all one level. You drive right up to us. You can reach us several ways for an appointment. You can simply just give us a call at 607-772-4898. You can Google us at KSO Insurance, and all our contact information comes up, including our website, and you can certainly contact us that way. Or if you miss the phone number, just go to a phone book. We have a big display ad under insurance in the yellow pages. Karen, thank you so much. And I'll look forward to chatting with you tomorrow morning here on WNBF. Very good. I will shoot for 920. All right. And I will be prepared at 920. (laughs) At 920, I will be prepared to run the uh, beloved intro for your segment. All right, let's see if we can get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, if I were a betting man, I'd say absolutely. <laughs> I'll put right. I'll put a thousand dollars that you're going to hit the target at nine twenty tomorrow morning. All right, I'll do my best, Bob. <laughs> Have a okay. great afternoon. You too. Thanks. Bye. Karen Sweet O'Neill, live and local on WNBF. Coming up, more of your calls. We're here to squeeze as many phone calls as possible into the radio tube 607-772-1290 stay tuned maybe you'll hear someone you know coming up next on wnbf this is a spe- it's 1055 wnbf That's our hotline. Let's take more calls. Mike from Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. Uh, I'm calling on on your news. There's uh, one situation where there was a a man that got killed in a fire. And uh, it it just drives me nuts. Uh, I, I had an apartment building on the west side. I still have it that during COVID, I could not get squatters out. And it took me two and a half years uh, to finally get them out. They did $80,000 worth of damage. They tore the ceilings down in the place, uh, stole all the co- uh, copper wire, copper plumbing. Uh, they left the water running, so I had an $1,800 water bill, a $1,400 water bill. 
And every time I called the cops, there was nothing they could do, nothing they could do. And now you have a fire with a guy who, in an abandoned building, um, and there's no utilities to the place. They found one person and treated them, and there's no crime. Uh, I don't get that. I, I, I know Corey. I like Corey Minor very, very much. But to me, there's trespassing, there's breaking and entering, and there's arson. And there might even be manslaughter. I, I don't get how come there's not any charges, anything they can do about these people that break into homes and, and think that they own them. Well, they, they do own them. The cops even told me, Mike, they have more rights than you do. We can't do nothing. I, I just, you had an art, you were talking the other day about um, landlords that are out of town and they don't take care of the buildings and this and that and everything else. Well, I live in town and I cannot take care of the building because I was told by a judge that I couldn't take care of my building. I had to stay away from it. So I when I know because I, I hear uh, police being dispatched usually at least a few times a day, if not several times a day around Broome County, around the triple cities to uh, check out reports of squatters in, in various homes. So I know the police respond. They're responding, uh, as I say, on a regular basis, seven days a week. But to that end, what, what really can they do unless the laws change? That's just it. Um, the laws are definitely on. You can break into somebody's house, and as long as you say, they said I could be here, even though I'm standing right there saying, I told them they couldn't be here. Look back. I've had you here six times. They're destroying the place. Mike, if anybody's going to jail, it's you. You cannot be on the property. Well, that has to be extremely frustrating. Oh, I'm, Bob, I'll take you over to the place. I have $80,000 worth of damage. Send, send me an email. I want to follow up on this, if, if you're willing. My email address is bob at wnbf.com. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, I know it's a problem. I am aware, and I don't know what the solution is right now. It's 1058, Martin in Binghamton's First Ward. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Thank you. And, uh, you know, of course, thank everybody from last week and concern and everything else, but it was never my intent to elicit uh, any of that just to make people aware, like I said before. But And um, I had a she had to take my granddaughter to the doctor yesterday and she couldn't get through. Um, so I'm kind of concerned in uh, that nice lady, Bonnie. Um, I really appreciate that. But somebody, uh, other people have stepped forward already and already ordered something for me. And um, I'm just going to divulge one name. And um, John from Binghamton. John from Binghamton was very instrumental in helping this guy. I mean, I'm a registered Democrat, but I believe in individuals and everything. But these are two uh, Republicans in the area who are coming forward and helping me, and hopefully things will work out. But I had time to think, and it's like, you know, I just hope we can all in this coming year that just kind of like agree to disagree and don't be so caustic and don't be so, um, you know, um, mean each other and whatever, because it's going to be a long road. And, People are people, and uh, you know, I was listening to some music, and I, I got by with some music. I was listening to some John Prine, and he has a song, Some Humans Ain't Human, and that's exactly the case with those culprits there and everything. But yeah, it's 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 been rough to time. I mean, I got by without any 
sleep days for a couple of days. All then, right. Well, I appreciate your keep deal, your checking in. Keep us posted because you know we care. Okay. Yeah, I know. All right. Everybody. Well, we've got the Martin. Thanks for checking in. We've got the news coming up, but keep us posted. Feel free to call in during the week. Okay. Yeah, I will. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. It's eleven o'clock. Where news breaks first. News Radio twelve ninety WNBF. This is News Radio twelve ninety WNBF News. Snow today. High near 24, snow accumulation of around 3 inches. Mostly cloudy tonight, snow showers, low around 9 degrees. Mostly sunny Wednesday with a high near 20. Monday was another day of brutally cold temperatures and dangerous wind chills across much of the United States. Monday promised to deliver the coldest temperatures ever for Iowa's presidential nominating contest and hold up air travelers yet again. It also tested the medal of NFL fans in Buffalo for a playoff game that was delayed by a day by whip, wind whip snow. The National Weather Service said about 150 million Americans were under a wind chill warning or advisory for dangerous cold and wind as an Arctic air mass spilled south and eastward across the United States. Binghamton firefighters discovered the body of a man inside a burning two-family home. The blaze at 2 Pleasant Street on the city's north side was reported around 8.15 a.m. on Monday. The first firefighters on the scene forced entry through the front door of the boarded-up building. They found an active fire on the first floor extending to the second floor of the wood frame house. There had been a report that squatters had been inside the building, which was supposed to be vacant. Firefighters discovered the bodies, man's body in front of the area of the first floor about 35 minutes after they arrived. Authorities said one person who apparently had been staying in the building was evaluated for smoke inhalation but was not taken to a hospital. Binghamton Police Detective Captain Corey Miner on Monday afternoon said investigators had not yet been able to notify the dead man's relatives. The cause of the fire was under investigation, but Miner said there did not seemed to be any criminal involvement in the incident. The cause of the fire was not immediately announced. Utilities to the house had been shut off. Property records indicate the owners of the house have a Florida address. Former President Donald Trump plans to attend the penalty phase of a New York civil defamation trial stemming from a columnist's claims that he sexually attacked her in a department store dressing room in the 1990s. A May trial found Trump sexually abused E. Jean Carroll, awarding her $5 million for sex abuse and defamation for 2022 remarks. Trump is expected to attend the new trial today, where a jury will determine how much he owes her for denying the assault and mocking her while he was president in 2019. Trump leads all Republicans in the Republican presidential race. A contract is in place for rehabilitation work on Johnson City's Square Deal Arch. The Village commissioned an engineering study on the Main Street structure in 2015 after some of the stone of the arch started to crumble. The State Department of Transportation helped the village to stabilize the arch, which is at the Johnson City-Binghamton border. Mayor Martin Meany said a bid came in that was within the budget and that a contract has been awarded for the project. 
Lupini Construction of Utica will be paid $462,000 for the planned work. Meany said that amount was significantly less than bid that had previously been submitted for the project. The three globe lights atop the arch will once again be operational after the repairs are completed. Reporting of the structure's stonework is also planned, calling for the replacement of stones that are in disrepair. Construction of the Johnson City Arch began in April of 1919. Dedication ceremonies for the structure and a companion arch in Endicott were held in Labor Day of 1920. The arches were built on Endicott Johnson Shoe Company workers. Both were added to the National Register of Historic Places in 2001. Long Island prosecutors say they are planning a major announcement in Gilgo Beach serial killing suspect Rex Huberman's case. Suffolk County District Attorney Ray Tierney is set to make the announcement after a court hearing in the case in Riverhead, New York today. Huberman was charged in July with the killings of Melissa Rathelme, Megan Waterman and Amber Costello and has been the lead suspect in the death of a fourth victim. Huberman has pleaded not guilty. The arrest of the 60-year-old architect came more than a decade after police searching for a missing woman found 10 sets of human remains hidden in a thick underbrush near Long Island's Gilgo Beach. Senator Bob Menendez and his wife are seeking separate trials on bribery charges they each face in a New York court. The New Jersey Democrat and his wife, Nadine, were each charged in the fall with aiding three New Jersey businessmen in returning for cash, gold bars, and a luxury car. The couple and the businessmen also faced charges. They've all pleaded not guilty. Nadine Mendez's lawyers asked in papers filed late Monday for the severance on the grounds that the senator may want to testify and would possibly divulge marital communications that she plans to keep secret. A plane taxiing for departure clipped another aircraft at Chicago O'Hare International Airport on Sunday evening, according to the Federal Aviation Administration. No injuries were reported. Both planes were of Boeing design, and the FAA is investigating the incident. The left-wing tip of Flight 11 from All Nippon Airways, a Japanese airline, struck the rear of Delta Airlines Flight 2122 on Sunday around 6.30 p.m. Boeing is facing increasing scrutiny following mechanical failures and a subsequent grounding last week of its Boeing 737 MAX 9 model, a different model than the planes involved in Sunday's collision. It was not immediately clear what caused the incident on Sunday and whether it was related to a manufacturing flaw. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Bob Joseph back at it for another big hour of Binghamton Now on your Tuesday morning. 607-772-1290 is our hotline. Again, 607-772-1290. If you would like to talk now on WNBF.
age is coming. <laughs> I think it has arrived. Bob Joseph, until noon, here at WNBF. Live by the river. Okie dokie. And at the moment, there is one good reason. One good reason Kathy Hochul won't be calling right now, because she's busy delivering her much-awaited, much-anticipated budget address to the nation. So she is proposing her big budget, and it is big. And so if you are a New Yorker, be prepared to spend lots of money, including, I believe, $2.4 billion to help migrants. So that, I think, is probably about an appropriate amount, right? $2.5 billion in the coming fiscal year. Uh, in New York's budget for migrants. The overall budget, $233 billion. So she is managing to keep the spending for migrants, at least housing of migrants in New York State, to about 1% of her proposed budget. So $233 billion, that's not bad. It's not bad. That's, that's definitely less than $300 billion. So she's uh, doing quite well and... Um, $2.4 billion for housing migrants, I think, will be um, welcomed, welcomed by uh, many of the newer arrivals to New York State. It's 11-12. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? It's Gary from the West Side. Bob, I'd like to talk about the squatter situation, right? So we need to change the laws. That's what we need to do to write our state senators if we disagree with the laws. But what I suggest is in the meantime, we bring back poor houses. Now, from what I understand, poor houses were places where people who couldn't take care of themselves were sent and they lived there and they actually worked too there. But, you know, some of the places were unsanitary, unhealthy, these types of things. What's unsanitary and healthy about squatting in a house? Is is that better or worse? They need some type of guidance, some type of help, right? So that's my suggestion, Bob. Bring back poorhouses. And who would run the poorhouse? The government. Which government? The city? The town? The county? The state? Federal government? Whoever wants to take on that challenge. There, there, needs, no, there, there is not a up. government who will do that willingly. Right, because they don't care about the homeless and people who need help. Well, I wouldn't... They care. I, yeah, they, exactly. They do care, but they, they don't do want right. to take the responsibility because it would require spending a lot of money. Yeah, it would. That's true. Yep. And it won't get them any votes. If you're an elected official, I don't care if you're um, mayor of a village or a city or your county executive or you're a town supervisor or you're governor of New York or even president of the United States, you can bet your bottom dollar that they run, they run this through their big machine to determine how many votes it would get them. 
And in the end, they would probably say, eh, it wouldn't get us many votes. For the amount of money that we would spend to come up with the system you've proposed, we could spend that money on carnivals and festivals and get more votes. Well, I disagree. I think that if they did something like this, that the community would rally around it and they would reelect whoever that person is. That's just my feeling. I think that a lot of people, I know Bob, I, I know so many people that have been affected by squatters. My neighborhood, I had three squatters living within a nine iron of my house, you know, very close. And it, 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 it's just like something's got to, all right, so well, we got to change the laws, right? Well, we got to change the law. So to that point, when I was on mm -hmm. Pleasant Street early Monday morning while the fire department was trying to knock down the, the raging blaze inside that abandoned house, I was thinking, because I knew from what I had learned early on, even on my way to the fire, that probably people had been inside uh, without authorization by the property owners. And I was thinking as I drove over there, and I thought about it as I was on the, the site taking some pictures and video of the fire, I thought, what must it be like if you live next door on either side of that house? Actually, I don't know that there is another house on the right side, which would be the west side of the house. But say on the east side of the house, if you live next door and that house has been boarded up, I think, for at least a year, what's it like to know that people are staying inside the house the supposedly vacant house next door. That, that's not good, as you mentioned, even in your neighborhood. Nobody... I can tell you what it's like. I can tell you that the people that are living there are crazy. They're Some are crazy, totally crazy, right? And they'd be walking down the street yelling and screaming, and, and you're wondering what the heck is going on. And then the other neighbor that's squatting, they're doing methamphetamine in the house. They're drugging around, garbage everywhere. They don't care about things. There's just, it's, it's a sad thing. We don't care about the mentally ill and just above the mentally ill. You know, people who are at disadvantages in life, and we just don't want to try to help them in a good way. I, you know, Bob, I don't have any answers. I'm just... Joe Schmo from the West Side, you know, but I mean, something's got to be done. I will write, what I'm going to do is, and you, you mentioned this, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to write to the state senator and ask them to change the laws on squatting. Now, whatever that means, they might look at it and go, well, geez, look at this one. Throw it away, but at least I'm going to do that. And well, it's a step. Enough of that, right, it's a, it's step, a step. It's a step, first step. You know, and, and your senator... Your assembly member uh, need to know that you think it's an important issue. If they hear from enough people, even though it could be construed by some in Albany as a sensitive issue, yeah, it's sensitive. And I, I can understand where some lawmakers may not want to touch this issue with a 1,000-foot pole, but that doesn't mean that it should continue to be ignored because it's important, I'm sure... It's not unique to Broome County. New York has 62 oh, no. counties, and I bet everybody, whether it's upstate, downstate, Long Island, whatever, 
everybody who is a property owner is concerned about this. I'd be concerned about it. I, I mean, if I mean, what happens if I go on vacation for a week or two weeks and I come back and there are people I don't know? I mean, what then? Two weeks, you're okay. It's up to 30 days. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's right. That is thing. the state law, 30, 30 days. days. Right? So it's 30 days, yep. So there were squatters living in a house by me, okay? The city came because the homeowner said that there was an infestation of bugs. The city went in there, and they condemned the home. But guess what? They can't kick the squatter out. The squatter stayed there in a condemned home that said should not be inhabited by humans and they lived there they let them live there in a condemned home well that that up. happens i think that happened on henry street at the old dixie hotel across from the post office the city condemned it and then the next day i don't even know if if it was later that same day i was monitoring that because there were a lot of problems at that place including uh, at least one case where a person who was living at the Dixie Hotel set a fire. Fortunately, I don't believe anybody was injured, but there were dozens of people inside the place. It could have been catastrophic. But I believe, I don't know if it was last year or 2022, so the city condemned it, and I'm talking to the owner at one point. It took a while to connect with him, but I, I called him. I said, what's going on? And I think I even called, oh, I don't know if I called. I sent an email to the mayor's office about this, too. People were still living in there, and there's a notice. As you pointed out, the notice when something's condemned, it says no one may, I'm paraphrasing, no one may um, inhabit this place, and you can't take this notice down. So I called or contacted the mayor's office, and they said, well, it's up to the property owner to kick those people out to enforce it. And then I called the property owner and he told me, he said, no, I can't. I've explained it to the police. And the police were very familiar with this location because the police would, um, I wouldn't say necessarily once a week, but more than once a month, frequently would be looking in there for when they're trying to uh, um, execute a warrant or you know, if they have an arrest warrant for someone and they think that they're living in there. So the police were very familiar with the situation. They also went there for lots of disturbance calls and other problems. But the police also had their hands tied. They knew, even after that notice was posted by code enforcement, that nobody is supposed to be in here. And this is an official notice. So the owner couldn't do anything about it. The police couldn't do anything about it. And apparently code enforcement couldn't do anything about it. So I don't think that the condemnation notice was worth the paper it was printed on. Amazing, isn't it? It's just amazing. I don't understand it. And I remember when the pandemic started, Bob, a few months after that, a gentleman called into your show and he said that uh, for his retirement, he bought like a uh, apartment house with nine. I'm pretty sure I remember it was nine units in there. And every one of them refused to pay rent because that was the, the going thing back then. You didn't have to pay your rent because you couldn't get kicked out. He said every one of them refused to pay. So now that's his retirement. That's his how he's supposed to get his income. But yet he still had to pay electric. He still had to pay water. He still had to pay taxes. He still had to pay all of these things while people are living there for free. Now, I don't remember him ever calling back and saying what happened, but... 
I mean, I could just see that it was like a disaster. Could you imagine something like that? It's, it just boggles my mind, and I'm sure a lot of lawmakers and politicians agree, but nobody's doing anything towards it. Like you said, there's, there's really – it's not a hot topic, but it's just it, – to me, we should care about human beings you know, more than anything else. But that's just me. I guess I'm in a minority. Yeah. That's all I got, Bob. All Have right. A good one. Well, stay tuned. I'll read a little bit from a story that I did in 2022 about this issue about people living in buildings that have been condemned by the city because it it was news then it's still news now two years later we'll talk about that and more as our program continues this is binghamton now i'm bob joseph from the galt auto studios this is wnbf news radio am 1290 also available at 92.1 fm shop toyota chevy bmw and pre-owned at galtauto.com Eleven twenty-six. Mike in Binghamton is back with us. Good morning. Good morning. I'd like to follow up a little bit with your last caller saying it's um, uh, homeless people, it's this people, it's that people. The last group that I had in there after a series of things that that went on, uh, I got a, I got a um, phone call from an investigator for the uh, social services. They wanted to know if I owned the property. I said, yes, I do. And he says, can I come over and meet you? I have, I have to talk to you. I said, okay, yeah, no problem. I was getting over back surgery. I was at my house. He came over. What we found out was there was a guy who said he owned the property, and he got six people to say, to go to social services and say they were renting my piece of property and put him down as the landlord. He collected social services, all the checks from those guys, and he would pay them back a percentage of it, and then he would take the rest of it. So they were getting paid by social services to be in my building. I said to the guy, I said, you're kidding me. He goes, no. He said, we've had several of these. And I said, I hope you arrest the guy. He said, he'll be gone. We won't even catch him. He said, and the people in the building, they, they played dumb that they didn't know that this guy didn't own the building. And I still couldn't get him out. I, well, it, it sounds, in some ways, it sounds like what was going on at 34 North Street over on the west side. We were calling it a trap house. That's what the neighbors were calling it. People would go in there to do drugs and do other illegal things, and it kept happening. And they would board it up, and the cops would come by. And again, as we have discovered this morning, for those who didn't know, the cops had no power really to kick people out. You know, cops would call because... Oh, one time a guy got stabbed in the back by someone he didn't know. I talked to that guy. And, and that guy told me, he told me that he was supposed to be in there when, in fact, the city had told me nobody was supposed to be in there. But anyway, I spoke with him. He told me, yeah, I was in there one morning and some guy I didn't know stabbed me in the back. And then about a week after that, some guy got shot. And... um. 
that was all going on at 34 North Street. Then finally, finally, after months and months of this, probably over a year of problems at that property, finally the city locked it down. The city went the lockdown route and they got the order. A hearing was held right before Christmas, so the judge cleared the way for the place to be locked down. So the last I knew, that building there at 34 North Street was boarded up because the city stopped by. There were police, there were uh, DPW workers, Parks and Recreation Department workers, and um, they were unloading trash and stuff that had accumulated. But I haven't been over there in the last few days. For all I know, the people have, have re-entered the place and are, are hanging out, living rent-free. Or, even worse, paying somebody rent, somebody who doesn't even own the property. It, it, I, I just, I, I'm dumbfounded by yeah. it. And this was a nice piece of property, and I have nice neighbors over there, but I can't afford to fix it up. Well, I, I can't do it. Right. Well, send me an email at some point and, um, it, with your phone number, because I'll, yep. I'll have to talk to you again, but I want to follow up on this because, you know, it's clearly, this is a big story, and I think it's too big to keep ignoring. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's 1130 WNBF Binghamton. I'm Bob Joseph. So I mentioned about the lockdown over at 34 North Street. So that's finally locked down. I believe in a few days there will be another hearing in city court. See what happens there. Dixie Hotel. There's a, a story from May 2022. The headline over the story I wrote, Dixie Hotel still occupied three months after city condemnation. People are still living in the old Dixie Hotel in downtown Binghamton several weeks after the city code enforcement department determined the building is unfit for human habitation. The five-story building on Henry Street is across from the main post office. You've probably seen it. You probably know about it. In an email to WNBF News, Deputy Mayor Megan Hyman said the property was condemned on Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2022, for inoperable and or missing smoke detectors and insect infestation. A notice then was posted on the building, although the notice that I saw was dated April 22nd. So, after I asked about this, Megan Hyman wrote that the property remained condemned and the city was not aware anyone was re was residing there. She said the city does not have the authority to remove occupants. She wrote, once a building is declared unsafe for habitation, it is posted and the owner has the responsibility to evict. According to that condemnation notice, it's unlawful for anyone to inhabit that building without written permission from the city code enforcement director. Well, obviously, the city code enforcement director didn't give anyone approval to go back in. So when I went over there, again, it was condemned on February 14th. I went over there three months later because I noticed people were still there. So against my better judgment, I went into the building and talked to some of the people who were there, who were living there. And they told me, oh, yeah, the cops were here actually uh, this morning. They, they showed up, several unmarked police cars, and officers uh, were searching for someone. They had a, a warrant for someone. So the cops knew 
that people were in there. They talked to the residents. They went through the place trying to find the person who was named on the warrant. So the police knew. And the police walked in and saw that there was a notice that the place was condemned, unfit for human habitation, and nobody was allowed to be in there without the written permission of the code enforcement department. They went through the building, couldn't find the person they're looking for, and then left. I'm sure they said to everybody, have a good day. And again, it's not the, pol- it's not the fault of the police. The investigators who went into the place, again, probably against their better judgment, but sometimes you have to do things for your job. And trust me, you know, I can attest just the very short time that I was in that building Yes, it was unfit for human habitation. And no, it wasn't right that anyone was in there. And yet, um, one guy told me, he said, that he believed about 15 people were still living in the condemned building. And the residents I spoke with said nobody told him to leave. Now, the building's office was unoccupied, but the big sign was there, the big yellow notice was posted anybody who could read could see that it's condemned and you shouldn't be living there but nobody said to get out and these people trust me i talked with a few people they had no other place to go they didn't like it there they did not like being in that building but they had no other place to go Uh, one person i spoke with said some people come and go as they please Again, because no one at that point was supervising the place. So you had this old hotel building with, I think, 52 rooms. That's a wonder the place didn't burn down with people in it. There was no supervision. The city had condemned it. But the city says they can't get people out. The owner says he can't do anything about it. The police can't do anything about it. So I'm just saying it's amazing it didn't turn into... A tragedy that could have put Binghamton once again on the map of the world for bad news. One guy I spoke with, and again, this is May 2022, he said he'd lived there for the past couple of years. He said, I don't want to live here anymore, but he said with the monthly $400 rent payment that he gets from social services, there was no other place around Binghamton where he could live. So I'm just reporting what happened in that case over on Henry Street. Now, finally, finally, new owners did come in, and I spoke with the new owners, and they, I I won't tell you how they got people out, but they used a technique, which I believe is completely legal, but... You know, sometimes, sometimes when you want people to do something, let's put it this way, you have to incentivize them. So the new owners came in. They knew that they couldn't start renovating the place that they had just purchased while people were still living in there illegally. So they did what they had to do. Nobody was hurt, but they were incentivized to leave the building finally. But what, what a sad situation on so many levels. I'm not pointing fingers, casting aspersions, not criticizing. I'm just 
offering some insight into what is going on now. And who knows what the solution could be. But it's not going to get better on its own. It's 1137. Our number is 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. Number. I was lightning before the thunder. Thunder, 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 thunder. Can't go wrong with classics. Feel the thunder, lightning and the thunder. Thunder, feel the thunder, lightning and the thunder. Reminds me of old blue eyes. Sort of. 20 minutes before noon. 11.40 WNBF. Oh, I shouldn't say that. 12.90 WNBF. And people just tuning in. 11.40 WNBF. That's not your frequency, Kenneth. All right. 12.90 WNBF for you AM buffs. And 92.1 FM for you frequency modulation aficionados. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Chris from Tonosinango. Morning, Chris. Hi. I was going to say a joke, but I'll be, but never mind. <laughs> um, now, I want to know, do you advertise or um, give a plug for, um, I know you did one on Helio about that nonprofit, but also support groups in the area? We really can't, because if we start, then... I mean, oh, everybody. yeah, I, I would say this and I, I can't guarantee. Well, you could send me the information by email, but probably because there's so many support groups, all different types of support groups. I probably would not do a specific announcement about it if there was something unusual or unique about the support group. I might do a news story about it, but um I, I okay. know it's it's tough, but of course, for people to get word out about their support groups, and I I sympathize with that. But once we do yeah, that, then we're opening the door to you know maybe dozens around the area. Right. I didn't know best way to do that because um, we have a Facebook page, and years ago the newspaper used to have a community calendar. And, yeah, no, you know, they they the used to have all those things listed every day, almost every day in the paper for all all types of groups and it was a community service but like most of the features that used to be in the paper that was discontinued a long time ago um some yeah, even on tv they used to have the community yeah well they do some herbs. they do some what i would suggest and again this doesn't guarantee results and i don't know what the rules are right now for the tv stations but if you Look on their websites to see if they have under, might be called community calendar or community announcements. They might okay. have have a thing. Uh, so check, 
check on those TV websites, uh, News Channel 34, BinghamtonHomePage.com, uh, Fox 40, WICZ.com, uh, 12 News is WBNG.com, uh, SpectrumLocalNews.com. Um, they may not have a feature now where it's done on the air, but they may have something where you can submit it and it would be on their community calendar online. Right, right, okay. So yeah. that's just an idea. And I think also uh, WSKG.org, they may also have a feature. Unfortunately, I don't believe right now on our website, WNBF.com, I don't believe we have that feature. Seems like we once did, but I, okay. I don't think it's there anymore. But check some of those local media websites. Yeah, you're right. The newspaper stopped doing that. And they, you know, they also used to do uh, Police Beat. I used to read Police Beat to see if there was anybody I knew in it because you never know. And they also used to do, see, I look at the newspaper from 50 years ago. They had something called hospitals. So, like, if you fall on ice and they take you to the hospital, it would be there in the newspaper. You know, Bob Joseph fell on ice on Court Street, and then it would say uh, he was treated for a head injury or something. That'd be in the newspaper, but they don't do that anymore. Oh, okay. So, just a thought. I know it's it's not a perfect solution, but appreciate your calling in. Yeah, I know we're listed with, I think it's 211. Yes. People, well, and the, that's a good idea, too. Yeah, two, first call for help, which is run by the Broom United Way. Uh, that I do understand they keep listings of support groups and other services because when people call and that's a good service when people have no other place to turn to uh, people can call in and they have a database of lots of things that that can be helpful so that's another uh, I'm, I'm sure you reach some people that way and uh, as I'm not point, even sure how many people know about 211 yeah not no. many not as yeah. many as should but um, at, at some point uh, I'll try to remember. Should make a note. Should make a note to uh, do a story here. Because I wonder if so many groups have their, have an actual website, not just Facebook page. Like if people are doing a Google search, you know, they want to know about a support group. Um, well, some groups do. Yeah. Some some organizations, I think, do it better than others. I mean, some some organizations do their best, but they just don't have the the people because let's face right. it if you're gonna um keep people updated with support group meetings you have to do it on a consistent basis everybody will agree it's a good idea and then say you're at a meeting and you look around for someone to volunteer so is anybody willing to do that update our website or facebook page and i've been in meetings like that then suddenly everybody's quiet and they're looking at the ceiling right you would like to pass out flyers yeah to clinics or doctor's offices like nobody wants to do it so yeah. so anyway i hope hope some of my ideas are are helpful all right i appreciate it thanks Eleven forty-six. bob joseph for you news radio wnbf one thing about our website there is a lot of local news on the website so if you want some original reporting i'm working every day to offer some stories we had uh, on our website, of course, sadly, the, the story about the fire 
on the north side where a man died. We uh, had that story. And there are more details. You can take a look at it at WNBF.com. Plus, we also had more details about the plans to repair the Square Deal Arch. Johnson City will be repairing the Square Deal Arch. We talked recently with Mayor Martin Maney about that. And then we've uh, cobbled together some more information. Actually took some new pictures of the arch so you could see the actual condition. You can see where some of the stone pieces have started to crumble from the arch. So those stories and more are on our website. Check it out. WNBF.com. 607-772-1290. It's the Tuesday edition of Binghamton Now on WNBF. Eleven fifty. Back to the phones. Laura in Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. How are you this morning? I am well. How are you? I'm good. Covered with snow, but all right. I have a complaint, and I want to know what the public can do about this spectrum, uh, this cable uh, internet company that takes over everybody has to have it if they want internet or cable their office oh you cannot pay your bill there you cannot i went there the other day and this isn't the first time over 30 people are more are in there and you have to sign yourself in, and you have to wait in line. Now, why doesn't a big company like that have a drop box? They tell me they are not a drop box place. They are in service for other high-end kind of services. People were standing around to pay their bill, turn in equipment, uh problems with their phones or other equipment or whatever. And then I thought there was this old woman in there. She was about 70, 70, 80 years old, said she had to drive here all the way from Oneonta to get service on her bill because they closed the Oneonta office. Now, why can't they have, if they're so customer friendly, why can't they have a drop box over there? Is that too much to ask for a company? I'm with you, you, man. Say? No, I say they should have a drop box so people could drop off their payment at the office in Vestal. I think that would be very convenient. Well, they still have their place up there on up there across behind the over there by SUNY Binghamton. But this was in the in the plaza, you know, with Walmart. The town Square, yeah, the Town Square Mall. Place. Well, I'm not so sure that you can drop off anything at that other place on no, Plaza Drive. No, it's just for equipment. Just right. For, so, so know, there's no place in Broome County where you could uh, drop off a payment. No, no. Why can't you? Why can't they have a drop box at their office there in Vestal? You know, in the plaza with Walmart. Why can't you? They have a drop box. You know, customer service. But they don't care about that. They were very me. They were very nasty when I asked them. And I, this isn't the first time. But what can the public do about getting these people to be more customer service friendly? 
well, put a note into their suggestion box and tell them what you just told me. Put it in their oh, yeah. Did, suggestion yeah, box. I, I didn't see no suggestion box. I'm going to call the main uh, company and I'm going to complain. All right. You well, know? if you do, if you call them, let me know what they say because I'd like to know. Right. I mean, many people were coming in there to drop off their payments. Oh, we don't take drop-off payments. We don't have a payment drop box. But they used to. You have to. to take a number and wait in line till they call you. But I remember when I used to go to the cable place at 483 Plaza Drive, I'm old enough to remember when you could pay your bill there. They had a drop box there at 483 Plaza Drive right off the parkway near Fox 40. Well, ever since some older gentleman tripped and fell on the sidewalk there, they have not had no drop box there or at their main, main place there in the Walmart Plaza. They said that's not their business. Well, maybe they're afraid they'll get sued. Because if well, people come well, there, they've just re- you know they've been messing with that plaza up there in the front for almost two years. It looks like they finally got it done. Yeah, it looks but, great. Yes, it does. They got stairs and they have a handicap ramp, so that does look good. But there's no reason they can't have a, a drop-off box for payments. Instead of standing in line for an hour or two while everybody else is doing whatever they need to do. No no reason at all. It's terrible customer service. Terrible customer service. You're I telling me this is the people. cable company. This is the Spectrum company. That's right. Really? They make so much money they don't have to have great customer service because people don't have any choices. Well, they told me, they sent me a note, and they said all my rates are going up next month. I well, just got that. Right. I just got it in the mail. They said uh, something to the effect, Bob, all your rates are going up next month. Well, that, I haven't got that that letter yet. Oh, you'll but, get it. Well, it's in the mail. I, what else can we do? We're like under their thumb, and what choices do we have? I live way out here hmm. in the country. I don't even get cell phone service where I am. All right. Well, if you call them, let me know what they say, okay? Well, I will, but I'd like to hear what other people have to say about this kind of thing. I'll be listening for tomorrow. Okay. Thank you so much. And that is the end of the Tuesday edition. We've covered a lot of ground, and we're making progress. We'll continue our conversation tomorrow morning from 9 to noon. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to News Radio WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media center.